This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3675, for Friday, the 2nd of September, 2022. Today's show is entitled, Plan 9, an Exercise in Futility. It is hosted by BinRC and is about 80 minutes long. It carries an explicit flag. The summary is I talk about the design of Plan 9 and how I use it. This episode is about Plan 9, um, an exercise in futility. That title's kind of tongue-in-cheek. Um, I actually really enjoy using Plan 9, but it's kind of, um, it, it is kind of an exercise in futility for a lot of, I guess, actually useful things. Uh, so getting into it, some ideas about Plan 9. It has been described as uh, the uncanny valley of Unix. It's cool but useless. Ken Thompson, when describing Plan 9, said it does everything Unix does, only less reliably. Uh, Ninefront, one of the Plan 9, uh, I guess modern Plan 9 forks, uh, in their FQA, um, they say if you cannot imagine a use for a computer that does not involve a web browser, Plan 9 may not be for you. Uh, and then the last that I have is no list in concatenation. Uh, so a little bit of history. Uh, the boys at Bell Labs, they decided that Unix wasn't good enough. Uh, they wanted to build something better. I think in order to record a Plan 9 episode, I almost had to record an episode about Unix first. Sort of as boilerplate to kind of understand why Plan 9. Uh, so the boys at Bell Labs, they wanted to make a distributed multi-user operating system uh, composed of heterogeneous machines. A lot of the ideas uh, are similar to Unix, um, but taken a little bit to um, extremes, uh, like Unix philosophy pushed into absurdity. Um, so for example, the idea that everything is a file, uh, it becomes very apparent. And sometimes this abstraction can feel a little bit over-abstracted. That's the biggest idea in Plan 9, everything is a file. And the other biggest idea is the concept of private namespaces. Uh, private namespaces make the concept of virtual file systems kind of look like, you know, baby's first file system abstraction. So just like Unix, Plan 9 started as a research operating system. Uh, both of these operating systems are enjoyed by hobbyists. Both of them are uh, fun and interesting ways to use a computer. Um, but the systems do diverge after, you know, the research similarity. Uh, the big aspect is that Unix is mainstream. Uh, everybody runs Unix except for the people who are running Plan 9, pretty much. And Plan 9 licensing, just like early Unix, it was proprietary. There were weird licensing issues. Uh, you know, you had to pay a bunch of money if you wanted a C compiler to compile GCC on your proprietary Unix. Um, Plan 9 had similar weird licensing things in the past, but now all of it is currently uh, distributed under the MIT license. So what is Plan 9? I took this from the intro man page for, on Plan 9. Uh, so... Quoting, Plan 9 is a distributed computing environment assembled from separate machines acting as terminals, CPU servers, and file servers. 
A user works at a terminal running a Windows system on a raster display. Some windows are connected to CPU servers. The intent is that having computing should be done in those windows, but it is also possible to compute on the terminal. A separate file server provides file storage for large terminals and CPU servers alike. Uh, so this multi-machine uh, Unix installation, you could think of it like, uh, not a lot of people really run Plan 9 in this way anymore. I mean, some people do as sort of as an exercise, but most people just run all of these services on, on a single machine uh, so that your laptop can be one functional Plan 9 installation. Um, so that means your laptop is functioning as the terminal, the file server, the CPU server, and uh, depending on which Plan 9 uh, fork you're running, the authentication server. And in my notes I put, uh, most modern Plan 9 users just run Plan 9 on a single machine, uh, because maintaining many machines to achieve a single usable operating system is really unnecessary. And I think it's because out of the people interested in Plan 9, uh, like all 20 of them, um, one user, me, uh, that's not enough to justify running four separate machines uh, to get an operating system, right? I shouldn't, I, or I don't really want to run uh, separate terminals, CPU, file, and authentication servers uh, just so that I can write a little bit of uh, C code. So use cases. Um, the intended use case is a distributed multi-user network that's not on a single mainframe machine. Uh, and then later in the life cycle of Plan 9, uh, before it was abandoned, it was mostly for embedded uh, programming. Uh, I put in the notes, Unix was too uh, bad is good. Um, to be stopped. Uh, the actual use case, not the intended use case, the actual use case I, I, I see most of the time uh, is, you know, people using Plan 9 because it makes them feel like a Unix hipster, people pretending that Plan 9 is anything other than vaporware, uh, people running Plan 9 just to post screenshots on, on abandoned forums, uh, and really operating systems tourism. Uh, I think that's a phrase I've kind of uh, coined when I was writing about, about Plan 9 and sort of using Plan 9 over the last couple of weeks. So Plan 9 in the wild, what are some things that came from Plan 9? Uh, Unicode came from Plan 9. Rfork came from Plan 9, the Rfork system call, uh, the 9P2000 protocol. Uh, 9P is a way of presenting a file system over the network. The Microsoft uh, Linux virtual machines that sort of discourage people from actually running Linux or, or uh, an open source Unix. Uh, that uses 9P, although fairly poorly because SSH is faster for some reason than using the native 9P Microsoft whatever. Uh, and also QEMU's uh, VertFS uses 9P. Various window managers for Unix sort of follow the... Uh, Plan 9's window manager uh, way of doing things. Um, it's written by like nine fans, but not nine users, right? People who are fans of it, but don't really use it. Uh, in quotes, cool idea, I'm adding it to Linux. A lot of, a lot of Plan 9 ideas were sort of uh, implemented into Linux, um, like, like uh, private namespaces. Um, 
the way of doing that on Linux is C groups, uh, union directories. Uh, a lot of Docker looks a lot like uh, how you would do things in Plan 9 with private namespaces. Um, so the design, right? So let's talk about the design. The goal of Plan 9 was to build a distributed operating system that expands upon these Unix ideas, not to build something backwards compatible with Unix. Keep this in mind as, as I continue talking about this and why you might not want to use Plan 9. Um, so, so wanting to improve Unix, improve upon those ideas, it's kind of mutually exclusive to, we want to port Unix user land utilities to this wacky new kernel. Uh, Unix programs and, you know, large, really large programs like, like Firefox, um, they're difficult uh, or, or almost entirely impossible to port to Plan 9 because of this design choice. So like some smaller tools are portable, but most of the, the big graphical things are not. And I'll get into that as we keep uh, going through my notes here. So part of the design distributed operating systems. So Plan 9 was designed to be a distributed operating system. Uh, over the network. So a lot of the internals of the system are sort of oriented around networking. So on the single system laptop installation, like I mentioned previously, uh, all the components that make a Plan 9 network work uh, are actually running on that one system in a client server model. Uh, the file system is presented as a, as a service, the CPU is presented as a service, the terminals prevent it, presented as a service, this type of abstraction from physical hardware, uh, it's kind of hard to describe and think about Plan 9 in this way, at least for me anyway. And, and I'll keep talking about these ideas and I'll get to a, a valid explanation of how this thing works. Um, so when you think about Plan 9 as a heterogeneous network of machines, it starts to make a lot of sense. And if you think about it as sort of a single system laptop installation, it's a little bit harder to sort of wrap your head around how all the pieces come together to give you an operating system. Uh, so I had this idea when I was uh, writing about Plan 9, uh, or writing my notes, um, thinking about the client server model. Uh, so when you have like a LAMP stack or a BAMP stack and you're running a, a MySQL server, um, on that BAMP stack, the database server is actually running on the same system as the web server. And, uh, you know, your PHP process is the client to the server that is the MySQL server. Um, and they communicate over the loopback device on localhost. Um, so the design for the database, right, for MySQL is to run it on a separate database machine. But because how these things are presented over the network, we can run MySQL on the same system as our web server and sort of have the have the the two pieces pretend that they're across the network but really they're just talking across localhost on the loopback device that's kind of how everything in plan 9 works uh, everything is a file system um, the file system is prevented presented as a server no matter what physical machine is running on the cpu is also presented as a server no matter what physical machine is running on uh, the terminal is also presented as a server no matter what machine it's running on uh, and on a Plan 9 installation, all of these services that you might traditionally think on a Unix system can only function on, on uh, you know, on localhost. Like, you know, running X11 across the network, it's possible, but it's really tough. Uh, 
on Plant 9, it's really easy um, to do that. Uh, so the system is designed as if all of these components are running remotely and the local machine is really only a client for all of these remote services uh, where, where remote is sort of in air quotes because you can run, you know, the remote service locally. Uh, presenting everything at, at over the network um, makes it easier to write code for, but it's kind of hard to wrap your head around uh, the concept unless you think about it. Uh, so 9P is the Plan 9 file system protocol. It's a networking protocol that makes the client-server model possible. Um, uh, so internally, the file system is served to the client over 9P. Uh, pretty much everything in Plan 9 talks to the system over 9P, so your text editors talk to the system over 9P. Um, the windowing system uses 9P. The plumber uses 9P. Uh, so in Unix, sort of the biggest idea is that everything is a file. Um, but in Plan 9, it makes more sense to say everything is a file system uh, that you can access over 9P. Other big design ideas, private namespaces and union directories. Um, so the most important aspect of Plan 9 and the thing that makes it kind of difficult to use sometimes is private namespaces. Um, I had a little bit of trouble understanding this until I stopped thinking so hard. Um, so, so a private namespace is when each process constructs its own unique view of the file system. It is a per process view of the file system. Um, the easiest way that I can sort of think about namespaces and sort of a, a Unix analogy is like a virtual directory um, where you'll bind, use a bind mount. This is a use for a bind mount, right? Uh, last episode, I talked about never using one. Now, after using Plan 9 a whole bunch, uh, you know, consecutive days in a row after having not used it in a very long time, uh, bind mounts are useful now. Um, so you bind mount and link in a bunch of things into your virtual directory. Um, Unix has virtual file systems. Plan 9 has virtual directories. Um, the concept of namespaces. Uh, allows a user to pull resources from all over the network and present them as a single local file system. Doesn't matter where these resources are coming from. Doesn't matter, you know, what physical machine it's on. Uh, it's presented as if it's all locally. Um, so in order to construct a namespace, union directories are used. Union directories are when um, you bind several directories to the same directory. This is just like a bind mount. And this sort of distributed idea for computing. What this means is that if you're if you're on a Plan 9 network um, and you're logging into your terminal, uh, you only have to pull in the parts of your system that you want, and you can sort of build your system uh, at runtime, pulling in components from all over the network, pulling in resources from all over the network, and excluding those that you don't need. So it can be as light or as heavy or, you know, have as many uh, resources pulled in as you want. Um, the Plan 9 kernel, it keeps separate mount tables for each process. Uh, and using namespaces, uh, systems administrators can create isolated environments like a cheroot. That's like how containers or like a Docker would work using private namespaces. Uh, so processes and their children are grouped together in process groups, and uh, this allows for inheritance, uh, basically. Uh, so because 
private namespace means per process view of the file system, we need some way to sort of have namespace inheritance that way, uh, or process responsible for mounting a remote file system, uh, doesn't exit. And now we don't have any, you know, where this file system is functionally not mounted in the current namespace. Um, we need to be able to, uh, group processes together to actually accomplish something. Um, so the per process namespace concept, uh, it's a little bit confusing to at least me as a Unix user, uh, especially when binding or mounting resources. So when I first started using plan nine, I was really confused because, uh, I would bind something in one terminal window and then switch to another terminal window. And then I got lost because, uh, the thing that I had just mounted somehow disappeared, um, but really what it was, and I didn't really understand this at the time, this was probably, you know, years ago, is that each window has its own namespace. Uh, so I have an example of mounting the boot partition. Um, in one window, you run 9fs 9fat. 9fs is just a script that mounts uh, the 9fat partition. 9fat is equivalent to having like uh, MBR DOS partition on, on a Unix system. Uh, and then I list the files on uh, that uh, boot partition. And then in another window, um, the boot partition doesn't seem to be mounted. And it's really confusing that, uh, you know, on a Unix system, you type mount uh, drive here, and that file system is available for all users. Um, but on plan nine, it's, it's not really per user, it's per process, which is uh, a little bit of something you have to think about. Um, if you're unfamiliar with, with using a system in that way. Uh, so the second most important aspect of plan nine is, is everything is a file. Uh, and I think it's almost absurd, uh, how many things are files. So the kernel presents hardware devices as files bound to slash dev, uh, within the namespace, uh, devices are just files outside the namespace devices are named with a leading hash, uh, symbol, uh, to help. Uh, typically administrators and programmers to distinguish between what is a pseudo file that represents a device and what is a physical device. Um, so physical devices bound to dev, easy administration, easy programming, everything is a file. Um, and sort of pushing everything into this paradigm, even if it doesn't always make the most amount of sense, it reduces the number of system calls. Uh, quite greatly. Now, I can't remember off the top of my head how many system calls Plan 9 has. I think uh, it's either 50 or 150. It's not a lot. Um, compare that to something like Linux or FreeBSD when you have somewhere around 500 system calls. Uh, you can pretty much memorize the uh, all of the system calls on Plan 9 um, in a couple of days, whereas trying to memorize all the system calls on on uh, a large Unix system would be um, difficult. So I have an example of everything is a file. Uh, so the clipboard in plan nine is called slash dev slash snarf. Um, so you can read and write uh, to dev snarf um, just like any other file. That's, that's the pseudo device for the system clipboard. Uh, so in my example, I cat slash dev slash snarf and it prints out whatever I had copied. Um, and then the next command I run is fortune and then an output redirect the right angle bracket. 
slash dev slash narf, and then I cat slash dev slash narf, and it prints out that fortune. Um, uh, sort of the idea of being able to send uh, command output to the clipboard and use clipboard uh, content really easily uh, as if it were any other file. I think that's something, uh, although it doesn't really scale to large systems where we have to have the ability to um, know about MIME types in our clipboard, uh, in Plan 9 everything kind of pretty much just is text, so it, 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 it's okay that it's just a text clipboard. Um, uh, also, the display is called slash dev slash screen. So how you take a screenshot. Um, uh, so in my little terminal session, I didn't take screenshots. I just included text because text is more accessible. Um, yeah, so I type file slash dev slash screen. It tells me dev slash screen is a plan nine image. Uh, so how do I take a screenshot? Cat slash dev slash slash screen. Uh, pipe it to ping, and then right, in, right angle bracket, right output redirect to screenshot.ping. And then I do file screenshot.ping, and it tells me it's a ping image. So everything as a file um, or data streams, it makes uh, sort of scripting and metaprogramming really uh, quite enjoyable. There's not a lot of um, uh, like boilerplate C you have to write when you have all of these tiny utilities and everything is presented in a simple way uh, where any any standard utility you might want to use will uh, be able to understand how to access this resource on the system. Uh, so another thing on Plan 9 is that it has a message-oriented file system. So this message-oriented file system um, processes can offer services to other processes by placing virtual files into the namespaces owned by other processes. And then file IO on this virtual file is interprocess communication. Um, it's similar to a Unix socket, but with significantly less overhead and significantly uh, less difficulty um, to program. All of the hard parts are abstracted, it's just file IO. Um, which is kind of a thing that I like about Plan 9. The other thing about that Plan 9 uh, is about virtual file systems. Um, so on Plan 9, there is the slash proc file system. Uh, the slash proc file system presents processes as if they were files in a file system. This makes writing programs uh, that manage processes really easy, and it reduces the number of system calls because you can tell a process exactly, you know, what you want it to do. Um, so this means you can kill a process, halt a process, sleep a process, just by echoing that keyword into the process's uh, um, file. Uh, so let me try. I have my Plan 9 laptop over here. Let's Let's try something. Okay, so I've opened um, my plan9.ini in a pager. Um, a page, the page program is kind of like a PDF reader, um, except it can read more than just PDFs. Uh, so if I do ps aux grep page, it tells me um, 
it looks like the process is 463. So if I do cd slash proc 463, and then I echo kill into the ctl file, it kills the pager. Um, some of these things are easier to demonstrate in, in like a video format or sort of images. Um, uh, but that would, that's how you kill a process in plan nine is by echoing kill into slash proc slash uh, pid slash ctl. Um, and you can send other messages to that uh, process as well, not just kill, uh, but kill's an example. Um, and this sort of proc file system means that users can manage their um, processes using regular tools like cat, echo, ls. Uh, and then Linux borrowed the idea of a slash proc file system as well. Um, Another thing that came from Plan 9 is Unicode. So Unicode is ubiquitous across the entire system. Uh, although it, the implementation is not complete and it is not fully internationalized, uh, UTF-8 is there. Um, and their Unicode is, is fully backwards compatible uh, with ASCII. Um, and thanks to Plan 9, uh, we now have people who write exclusively using primitive hieroglyphics instead of words when they're putting text on the internet. Uh, thanks Plan 9 for that, making it harder for people to read. Uh, another thing about Plan 9, uh, portability. Just, so just like Unix was designed with portability in mind, uh, Plan 9 is written in sort of a strange dialect of ANSI-C that aids in its portability. Uh, so the system is self-hosting, um, but typically, uh, like installation images, you will, uh, find or, or make yourself, uh, those are not self-hosted. Uh, so, so how you would go about porting plan nine to one of these strange architectures or building an image for it is that you will download the generic, uh, AMD 64 or I386, uh, installation image, uh, cross-compile the system sources for your target architecture, wrap it up in an installer, and then install that on the strange architecture. And then after sort of you've got this bootstrap cross-compiled thing, um, what you want to do is um, recompile the system so that the software you're running is self-hosting. Um, although the bootstrap intermediate step to get there is... Uh, you know, cross-compiled rather than self-hosted. And the compiler suite is kind of clever. Each compiler and linker, uh, and object files even, are named according to the target architecture. Um, and uh, so there's an alphanumeric prefix and suffix for these things associated with linkers and assemblers. Um, so 0C is for uh, MIPS 3000. That's the compiler for MIPS 3000. 1C is for uh, Motorola 6800, 2C is for Motorola 68, uh, 608020, uh, 5C is for little and ARM, uh, 6C is for AMD 64, 7C is for ARM 64, 8C is for the 386, uh, KC is for SunSpark, VC is for Big Endian MIPS, uh, and then the linkers, right? So it would be instead of like 6C for AMD 64 compiler, uh, 6L would be the AMD64 linker. Um, 
and I'll talk about compilers later. This is just sort of, you know, small details. Um, file systems. So multiple file systems are supported on Plan 9. Uh, most of them suck. Uh, most people, or uh, most operating systems tourists have only ever heard of FAT. Uh, but I use the CWFS file system. It's kind of a strange file system. Uh, CWFS stands for the Caching Worm File System. Uh, so every night... Um, this file system makes a dump to what's called a worm drive. Now, worm stands for write once, read many. Uh, typically, at least in a historical context, you, your worm drive would be sort of a tape, uh, tape drive. Uh, so the actual hard disk layout would look like having a hard drive, and then uh, all of the content on that hard drive is backed up to more permanent storage. Sort of the idea behind a worm is that it, it's an infinite amount of storage because you can just change the tape um, or clean out files uh, when you no longer need them. <clears throat> Remove old uh, backups. Um, I think in a modern context, uh, something like ZFS, the sort of dumping thing, uh, dumping to worm, that's uh, kind of like a, a ZFS snapshot, except that uh, ZFS snapshots make uh, it like it does like delta differences. Uh, so a snapshot doesn't take any space until you start making changes. Um, uh, but but a dump to the worm drive uh, instantly takes up space because um, files that change are backed up and everything else is kind of like symlinked. Uh, how you mount these dumps is you run the 9fs command, uh, you do 9fs dump, that mounts the worm drive, um, and then you just cd to slash n slash dump uh, slash year 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 slash month month day day. Uh, that's where the backups are stored. Uh, so managing the file server and trying to uncorrupt um, CW, CWFS, uh, like I said, everything is pretty much just... Uh, the files. Um, so you can either echo commands into slash serve as uh, that's slash SRV um, uh, slash CWFS.CMD. Uh, so you can echo commands for the file server into that file, or if you type con dash capital C and then that path, uh, it'll open up um, like an interactive terminal. Uh, so you can actually run a, a Plan 9 installation without a worm, um, but it's kind of a bad idea because uh, these file systems aren't necessarily very reliable. There's no copy on write. There is no uh, journaling. All, all that is there is sort of this, this nightly backup to rely on that also functions as built-in version control. Uh, data integrity is not guaranteed. Um, some other cool things uh, about Plan 9, uh, two programs, Factotum and Sextore. Uh, so Factotum stores passwords in memory. Uh, this is kind of like how SSH agent works. Um, and if you want to store these passwords uh, to NVRAM, you can use Sextore. Sextore is almost identical to Factotum, uh, the way you format your password strings. Uh, I don't use Sextore just because I'm a little bit wary of writing things to NVRAM over and over again, uh, mostly because the uh, NVRAM in most computers, uh, that's where your BIOS is, and uh, that partition's not necessarily meant to be 
uh, written to over and over again. Now you can create a, a partition on your hard drive uh, that functions as sex store. Uh, I just don't do it. I just type in the password every time uh, for things and then I just don't reboot my system very often. So I really am only typing in passwords every once in a while. But, but a built-in password manager um, is kind of an interesting concept. Uh, so some known forks of Plan 9. Uh, I'll go over all of the forks that are dead, and then I will go over all of the forks that are uh, not dead, probably on life support. Um, so Plan 9 from Bell Labs. Uh, sometimes you'll hear it called Labs 9. It's the original. That's abandoned. That's dead. Uh, 9 Atom. The domain has expired. It's dead. It's gone. Uh, Akaros. I think the domain still works for that one, but... Uh, uh, development hasn't happened in a long time. Uh, Harvey is an attempt to port uh, Plan 9 to GCC slash Clang. Uh, that's dead, gone. Uh, Nix, dead, gone. Uh, Jahani OS, dead, gone. Uh, Node 9, gone forever. Uh, Inferno, um, Inferno's sort of uh, a continuation of Plan 9. Um, it's in permanent limbo. Um, which is funny because limbo is sort of like a uh, it's a programming language for Inferno. Um, now, now, my life support category, uh, Ninefront, that's the one that I use. It's actively developed. There's quality of life patches like a usable SSH client, uh, Wi-Fi support, um, audio support sometimes, except for recording, uh, at least on my ThinkPad. Uh, I can't record audio. Um like general stability, the system doesn't randomly crash, uh, USB support, um, a Git client, um, those types of things that you would want to be able to uh, use as a system um, is kind of nine fronts, really the only choice. Uh, nine legacy, that's still uh, going on. Um, nine legacy is just patches applied to labs nine, uh, quality of life patches. I haven't used nine legacy or any of the patches. Um, uh, but I have used labs nine and, um, uh, comparing labs nine to nine front, nine front really does seem like the, uh, uh, the one that I think most listeners would want to use. Um, and the last one is Plan 9 from user space. Sometimes this is also called uh, Plan 9 port. If you use this, you're going to be laughed at. Um, really, it's useless uh, unless you really, really want to use Acme on Unix. Um, or if you're just testing cross-compilation. Uh, but I'll get into the compilers in a minute. I have links for all of these uh, in the show notes. Um, so you can visit all of these websites if any of them are still up. I'm sure at least one of the Dead Forks websites, uh, one of the domains has expired since I've started recording. So now that we have a little bit of the uh, family tree underway, some of the history, let's talk about what actually using Plan 9 looks like. Uh, uh, so the Plan 9 experience in 2022. Uh, you see about this thing on a forum. You put Plan 9 in a virtual machine posted a screenshot, and then shut down the VM. Um, and continue using Ubuntu, because you can't play video games on Plan 9, and you can't watch videos on Plan 9. Um, th that's what I see in most cases, people who want to try Plan 9. 
hardware support and nine front is expanding, but it's still limited. Um, I run nine front on my ThinkPad X220. Everything seems to just work. Um, Wi-Fi works. Uh, VGA works. Um, the Ethernet port does work. The internal monitor works. Audio works. Recording doesn't work, but audio works. Uh, everything seems to work. Um, and it is fairly stable. I've left it on for a week now. Uh, and it hasn't crashed yet. Um, some people run uh, Ninefront on a Raspberry Pi because they have a Raspberry Pi image. Uh, but Ninefront on a Pi is difficult because none of the documentation for the uh, every other architecture lines up with the uh, how to actually do things on the Plan 9. Uh, so, for example, mounting your boot partition on uh, i386 or AMD64, uh, you do 9FS, 9FAT, and then you go to slash N, slash 9FAT, and that's your boot partition. On the Raspberry Pi, however, uh, that boot partition is called PyDOS, uh, and there's not really an easy... Um, maybe there is now, but when I was trying these things, there wasn't really an easy way to mount that. Uh, there's no scripting duct tape like the 9FS command. All the 9FS command does is uh, it's just a shell script, pretty much, that uh, automates some of these things. I have ran uh, Plan 9 in KVM and QEMU. Uh, it works quite well. It's fairly stable. Um, if you're an operating systems tourist, there's lots of options for you. Uh, for everybody else, um, Try it on real hardware. It's a lot more fun on real hardware. Uh, I didn't add a K message talking about ThinkPad support. Um, on Plan 9, it's not called a D message. Uh, it's called a K message, and you get that by typing uh, cat slash dev slash K message. Let me check that. I think that's what it is. Yeah, it's cat slash dev slash K message. That's the equivalent of a D message. Um, and I didn't add it, because either Plan 9's going to work for you or it won't. Um, available software. Uh, so sort of an idea I had when writing this. Uh, GNU might not be Unix, uh, but Plan 9 isn't even trying to be Unix. It's not even pretending. Um, uh, so Plan 9 has a graphical user interface. Unlike Unix, Plan 9 was designed with graphics in mind. Um, some people have said that Plan 9 uh, looks kind of like a small talk machine. Um, I disagree. That's really only Acme. Uh, and even then, it's a little bit more like... Um, uh, it's hard to describe. It's something you have to use. Um, I, I think, I think re uh, really, the Plan 9 window manager, Rio, uh, it, it seems to be really the only good stacking window manager because it gets out of your way. Um, and you can, you have to have a three button mouse, uh, to use plan nine, um, left click, middle click and right click are all, uh, used and you have to have a, a middle click and a right click in order to, um, actually really do anything with the window manager, uh, at all. Um, if you don't have a middle click, let's say you didn't buy a ThinkPad with a middle click, uh, you have some other janky old laptop, um, you can push shift, uh, hold down the shift key and press right click and that will emulate a middle click. 
Um, so the window manager is called Rio. Uh, it's an, it's a successor to the eight and a half window manager and Rio is really lightweight compared to, um, X11 because, uh, graphical hardware support and, and sort of the way you access graphical hardware is built into the kernel and how you access this graphical hardware, uh, is using files and namespaces. That's how you access input devices too. Um, so the window manager, uh, it's, it's pretty much just file IO. That's how you would program, uh, Rio. Um, I think the easiest way to explain Rio is, is I think of a rectangle multiplexer, uh, where each rectangle, uh, is a client to a 9P server, uh, each having its own namespace. Um, and I think using Rio is kind of counterintuitive at first, but thinking less hard made it a lot easier for me to use. Um, I still have a little bit of trouble using a mouse, uh, becoming efficient, um, especially after using a terminal almost exclusively for years and years. Um, I do prefer the way Rio uses a mouse over, um, most other systems because, uh, using the mouse in Rio is pretty intuitive, uh, when you stop fighting it and thinking, oh, this is like Windows. Um, and I do prefer if I have to use a mouse, if someone held me down and said, you have to use something that requires a mouse to, to be able to accomplish, uh, work, I would probably choose Rio. Um, and, and sort of the argument for mouse centric computing is that, uh, text editing is faster. Uh, the idea that if you can point the mouse directly over the text you want and just click, that's faster than using the arrow keys. Uh, I think this is correct for people who don't use a computer all the time. Um, uh, but for a, someone like someone who uses Vim, uh, the average Vim user is, is editing text faster than they can even think, um, uh, faster than the speed of thought. But most people aren't the average Vim user. Uh, all they know how to do is move the cursor with arrow keys and they sort of don't want to or, or can't memorize hundreds of Vim key bindings. Um, for those types of people, a mouse is faster. And, you know, after all these years of memorizing key bindings, I have forgotten the names and birth dates of all my family members. Uh, but at least I'm fast at editing text without a mouse. Um, the mouse controls are kind of confusing at first because uh, it's sort of a click and hold pattern and then you hover on over the option you want and then release and the release selects the option. Um, so in Rio, uh, the right click menu is window management controls. Uh, that's controls like new, resize, move, delete, hide. Uh, middle click is text manipulation controls. Uh, so you highlight the text and then do the hold, hover over the option you want and release to select. Um, uh, the middle click options are cut, paste, snarf, plumb, look, and send. Snarf is, is copy. Uh, plumb sends the highlighted text to a process or it will open the file with the appropriate program. Uh, look will search for the highlighted text and, and um, send will run the highlighted text uh, through the, the command interpreter um, through the shell. Um, and also, uh, under middle click, um, uh, sort of my notes broke down here. <laughs> also under middle click is, uh, 
an option called scroll. This toggles auto scrolling um, or, or paging mode. Uh, the windows have a built-in pager, uh, which is something I quite enjoy using now that I've been using it a lot more and stop, you know, stop fighting it. Um, uh, at least recently. Um, and there's also a concept of mouse courting. Um, I can't really explain mouse courting over, over an audio format. Um, but it's kind of the idea where when you're on a keyboard, for example, if you're used to using something like Emacs, when you have these, uh, key chords, um, imagine that, but with your mouse, uh, I, I typically don't use mouse cording, uh, because it's, I, I use the Sam editor, not so much the Acme editor where, uh, the mouse cording is really implemented. Um, Rio and its windows, they also support uh, a couple Unix style keyboard shortcuts. Uh, some of them are a little bit, um, unfamiliar to people who might have used, uh, any somewhat POSIXy or, or born, born like shell, uh, ever. Um, so control U deletes from the cursor to the start of the line. Control W deletes the word before the cursor. Uh, control H deletes the character before the cursor. Control A moves the cursor to the start of the line. Uh, control E moves the cursor to the end of the line. Control B moves the cursor back to the prompt. Uh, control F is the auto autocomplete key. This is like tab completion. So uh, on plan nine, when you push tab, it inserts a literal tab character. To do autocomplete, you have to push control F. Um, and then the delete key is equivalent to control C on Unix, which cancels, or I guess kills the running process. Um, so in text windows, the arrow keys page up, page down, they all behave as expected. Uh, home and end keys scroll the page as expected. Um, and these text windows have a built-in pager. Uh, there's no more command, there's no less command. Uh, and I think I, I kind of like this built-in paging um, so for example, when you type, uh, uh, hypothetically a man command, uh, so if you type man intro, that's the first page you should read if you start using plan nine. Uh, what it does is it prints the first top of the command. Uh, and then in order to see the rest of that man page, you have to scroll through the buffer. Um, so instead of scrolling past the user and missing all of the text, you can use the space key or the arrow keys um, to page up and down. Uh, on the color scheme of Rio, Rio looks kind of dull. It's pastel, and this was an intentional design decision. Um, the less vibrant colors are less obvious, uh, and they fade away with usage. You, you don't even realize there's colors uh, the more you use it. Um, I, I think color schemes like, like Tango, uh, the Linux console colors, Solarized, um, any theme that has ever been made for KDE, uh, and Windows XP, these are examples of things that are very bright, um, very obvious, and not necessarily in a good way. Uh, bright colors are, subtle, are subtly distracting, and it makes it difficult to concentrate. Um, and typically I borrow, uh, Rio's color scheme, um, for, uh, like if I'm configuring DWM because it's kind of just an anti-theme, uh, and I think it's kind of charming. Um, custom color themes are also a thing you can do. Um, 
you just modify the source code for Rhea, recompile, and then restart. Uh, people will laugh at you if you do this. Um, setting a wallpaper is also possible. I, I don't do this. Uh, even on, like, uh, a big Linux system running GNOME, I typically just set the wallpaper to just a blank color. Uh, or if I do set it, you know, I have Windows covering it all the time anyway, so why should I even worry if I have to see a dull gray background as soon as I start my system, and then never once again after that. Um, as for X11, uh, there's the Equus X11 server can run through the Linux Compat layer, um, but the issue with the Linux Compat layer is it only supports 32-bit Linux. You have to be running a 32-bit uh, Plan 9 system, and it's really unreliable, and uh, the lack of an X11 server, um, uh, this is one of the big reasons that Plan 9 has no programs. Uh, and, you know, in order to port something like Firefox, not only do you have to port all of Unix, but you also have to port X11. Um, it's a lot of things that people don't want and uh, or don't want to do the work for. Um, so the next thing, command line utilities. The shell on Plan 9 is called RC. Uh, I sort of took my handle from here, uh, I think last year. Um, I, I needed a handle, and I look down and I see, see the shebang bin RC, and I said, that's okay. Uh, obviously everyone wants to be a cool, uh, cool opcode, a cool interrupt. Let's just pick this one instead, because nobody knows what Plan 9 is, and nobody wants to associate themselves with it. Um, but I like it. I think it's fun. Uh, so RC is kind of like any other shell you've ever used. Um, you might expect it to be like born shell, uh, but it's not. Um, standard Unix shell concepts, pipes, file redirects, uh, you know, two ampersands for and and, uh, two pipes for or or. Um, all of those things seem to work just fine. Uh, it's all familiar and similar. Scripting is not really POSIX-like at all. Um, so if you want to write an RC script, you probably should read the man page um, and various uh, scripts as examples. Um, as for shell utilities, uh, they exist. Um, a lot of the standard Unix ones seem to exist, although some of them uh, are missing, especially if you use GNU core utilities a lot. There's a lot of things in GNU that aren't necessarily uh, standard Unix tools. Um, like, for example, the shuff command. That's not a standard Unix tool. How you do that on Linux, uh, not Linux, on FreeBSD is like, I think it's cat-r uh, for random. Um, so programs like op, oc, grep, sed, cat, tar, gzip, ed, uh, they're all there. Um, Editors, there are th three, I guess there are technically four primary ways of editing text on Plan 9. Uh, so you have Ed, the standard editor, uh, Sam, and Acme. Uh, there is no VI except for a MIPS emulator. Uh, there is no Emacs except for a man page explaining why there is no Emacs. Um, I've primarily used Acme in the past. Lately, I've been using Sam, uh, and I really like to use Sam. Um, because it's a, it's a graphical version of ed. Um, and, and as we all know, VI is like a, a graphical version of ed. Uh, of course, different implementations, different usage paradigms. Um, 
Some of the the familiar VI commands uh, are available in SAM, which makes it easier for me to use uh, after using Vim for years and years. Um, and regular expressions, the way you would do them in Vim, like a search and replace on a buffer. Uh, those types of things are things that I require in a text editor, uh, you know, said style syntax for search and replace. Uh, I do like SAM a lot, but it seems to corrupt files when the system crashes um, and you have a file open. Uh, that could just be anecdotal, but it's happened to me twice now. Um, of course, I went back up to the file section, uh, file system section, and cleared those corrupted files. Um, uh, Acme is, is a window manager, it's a file browser, it's a terminal emulator, it's an email client. Uh, and some people use it as a text editor. Um, the coolest part about Acme is the ability to write arbitrary editor commands and system commands in the menu bar uh, and then execute them. Um, this is hard to explain over audio. At, at the very bottom of the show notes, there should be a uh, visual demonstration of Acme uh, and also a visual demonstration of, of Rio. Um, Uh, because, you know, explaining a graphical program over audio is difficult. Um, so some of the supported networking protocols, uh, IMAP exists, good luck, NTP exists, uh, IRC exists, um, there are a couple clients. I think the one that comes by default is called IRCRC. Um, Yeah, that's the only one that exists. There are other non-default implementations. Um, FTP exists. Uh, HTTP uh, is typically with WebFS, so Mothra is the standard web browser. Um, it doesn't support CSS. It doesn't support all of the HTML tags. Uh, JavaScript is entirely unsupported. Um, another web browser is called Abaco that exists. Uh, I've used it a few times. It's hard to use, but I think the way it renders pages is slightly better than Mothra. Um, although Mothra is easier to use. Uh, there are various Inferno vaporware, uh, browsers you can use. Uh, the ports don't work. Those, uh, also don't support CSS or, uh, JavaScript. Um, someone ported NetSurf to Ninefront by leveraging components of Ape, uh, and I'll talk about Ape here in a minute. Um, uh, NetSurf kind of works. Um, I think CSS kind of works. No JavaScript whatsoever, of course. Uh, and then there's the HGit program. It's kind of like curl, but it behaves a lot more like uh, the fetch program on FreeBSD. Um, in that it defaults to printing to standard out rather than creating a file. Um, so SSH, uh, this is nine front specific. Um, I, I should have said that at the beginning of the section, but everything from here on out is nine front specific. Um, uh, so SSH, uh, it only works in conjunction with the VT command. So the VT command is a, um, a virtual terminal emulator uh, when you connect over SSH. Um, you kind of have to be emulating a virtual terminal. Um, if you've used like SSH through through PowerShell and, and 
it behaves really strangely. Um, that's sort of why you want to run a VT. That's my analogy. It's like trying to use SSH from uh, like Windows CMD.exe or PowerShell.exe. Uh, SSHFS, um, that's really the only way you can get files on and off of uh, Plan 9 easily. Um, because as I said, file system support is almost non-existent. Uh, you can also use SSHnet for proxying traffic. Um, VNC works. I have attempted to play a video game over VNC, uh, a video game running on my um, Linux system, uh, but then I remembered that VNC plus GNOME equals nothing works and you have to restart GDM. Um, uh, I had better success using uh, I think run it, it must have been something small like XFCE or i3. Um, it was probably i3WM uh, connecting to um, that on the remote system. Of course, this isn't a problem with Plan 9. It's a problem with GNOME uh, and the way it handles VNC. Um, various torrenting software exists, uh, but magnet links aren't supported. Um, draw term and RCPU, uh, those things exist. Uh, my response to draw term is no, don't even try it, good luck, and we're going to laugh at you. Um, of course, 9P, right? That's that's the one that you would have expected. Um, now, I have a security aside here. Uh, so although various server implementations for these protocols exist, uh, I personally wouldn't allow them to touch the WAN. Uh, a lot of them are ancient, unmaintained, unaudited, and easy to, easy to exploit. So prime example... A bunch of Gen 2 men, a bunch of boys on G. Uh, they found a path traversal vulnerability in the Ninefront website, um, in the actual HTTPD server. Uh, then they lever leveraged this vulnerability to exploit a vulnerability in the authentication system to print all of the users on the system. Um, they didn't do anything malicious with this bug. Uh, it was mostly, haha, these guys need to secure their web server. Uh, but the ability to own a system by sending a, a, a git request, um, that is uh, all you need to know about the current state of security in Plan 9. Uh, firewall, no. Disk encryption, unreliable. Access control, what? Uh, file system? Uh, here's something interesting about the file system. So CWFS has a... Uh, poorly documented, in some cases undocumented, special user called none. Uh, the none user is allowed to connect to fossil file servers, CWFS servers, and probably HJFS servers without a password. Uh, how you disable the none user is you enter your CWFS command prompt, uh, you enter the server's command prompt, uh, and you type no none. Uh, don't even think about putting Plan 9 on the internet. The Unix compatibility layer uh, is called APE. It stands for the ANSI POSIX emulator. It doesn't work. Uh, it's almost entirely empty. Uh, there are lots of programs to write to get it to be sort of uh, POSIX complete. Um, nobody wants to write these tiny programs. Uh, and I think there's a general attitude among Plan 9 users, sort of that, that Plan 9 is unique and porting all of POSIX, porting all of Unix to Plan 9 ruins the appeal um, of even using it, because, you know, Plan 9 exists to improve upon Unix ideas. Uh, 
not carry the legacy of sort of the drawbacks to the Unix implementations. I think I almost agree with the sentiment of uh, porting porting POSIX to Plan 9 ruins Plan 9. Um, uh, sex store and factotum, my notes are broken. Um, so there's some emulation layers too on 9 front. Uh, Linux emulator, don't even try it. Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, NES, SNES, Mega Drive, Commodore 64. Um, most of the game emulators seem to just work because they're very simple systems. Uh, and then there's another one, uh, VMX. It's a PC emulator. It's kind of like QEMU. Um, it's effectively virtualization. Uh, my experience, it's really slow. Uh, it almost works. It doesn't work. It will crash your system. It will corrupt your file system. Uh, in air quotes, it runs OpenBSD, Linux, and ancient versions of Windows with graphics support. Um, I haven't had any good luck with it. I, I got OpenBSD, uh, an OpenBSD installation about halfway completed before it crashed and corrupted a bunch of files. Um, and then the next time I tried to install it, it refused to load the uh, BSD.rd um, file to install it. Um, there are various emulators also for obscure architectures. Uh, version control system Mercurial used to come with Ninefront. Uh, that implied Python 2. Uh, both of these things have been removed because nobody used it. Uh, CVS exists, but not in the base system. And then the Ninefront maintainers wrote a native Git implementation. It is in the base system. It's bare bones. It mostly works. Um, uh, there are also various uh, community-maintained programs and software, uh, so I have links. A everything I have has a link in the show notes, or almost everything. Uh, so the Ninefront community has been collecting programs. Uh, various other communities have been collecting programs. Uh, these can be found at the contrib subdomain and the wiki subdomain. Um, uh, both are served as a port system similar to a BSD-style system, except uh, you can't just make all of them at once. Uh, there are no binary packages, and, and the makes files, uh, at least in my experience, the ones I've tried, um, they can be broken or just not even work. Um, at one point, a lot of, uh, I guess, ancillary third-party programs were hosted on Bitbucket, but when Bitbucket, um, it was either subversion, when Bitbucket pretty much went to Git only, uh, a lot of those old repositories sort of stopped existing. Uh, so let's talk about programming on Plan 9. Uh, so programming languages, um, instead of the make command, uh, there is the mk command. The simplest syntax uh, is identical to a Unix make command. Um, if you know how to use Unix make, using a mk file is identical. Uh, there is c, so the absurdities of Plan 9c. Plan 9C is syntactically similar to ANSI C, but it varies. Uh, ANSI C is like when you read the K and RC book. Um, uh, the standard libraries on Plan 9 are also uh, simpler and smaller. Uh, so in POSIX C, how you do a hello world, uh, hash includes standard io.h, int main printf hello world return zero. Um, on Plan 9, uh, that same program looks like hash include u.h hash include libc.h, uh, void main, print, hello world, exits, zero. Um, the interesting thing about plan 9c is that uh, 
you return strings instead of integers. Um, that's why the main function is void, right? It, it returns the string zero. And sort of the idea there is um, it's easier for debugging purposes to return a string if you encounter some error uh, than it is to return a number and then have to refer to your source code to figure out what that number means. Um, so the u.h header file contains CPU-specific instructions, and libc.h contains all of the system calls, time functions, math functions, Unicode functions, uh, print functions. Uh, so how you compile a C program on Unix, you do cc main.c, and then how you run it, dot slash a dot out, and there's your hello world. Uh, how you compile on plan 9, uh, this is if you're running an AMD64 processor. Remember how the... Um, uh, uh, programs uh, for compiling and linking have a letter or a uh, number to prefix for the architecture. Um, so on AMD64, you run 6c main.c, that's how you compile to an object file. You run 6l main.6, that's how you link the object file, and then to run, you do 6.out, and you have your hello world. Um, uh, the architecture suffix is maintained. Uh, it kind of helps you remember um, what architecture it's for and what opcodes it contains. Um, and it also tells you that the binary is for what processor. This is useful for cross-compiling. So you can copy everything with like uh, um, 6.whatever to your new installation image. Uh, so I have another example program here. The simplest Unix-y program I could think of. Uh, with buffers. So this program reads from standard in and writes to standard out. Uh, so in POSIX C, at least how I would do this, um, hash includes standard io.h, int main, uh, char buff, size 32, uh, size t buff is size of char times 32, uh, size t and red is equal to zero, uh, while n red equals f read, uh, buff one, buff size, standard in is greater than zero, f write, buff one, and read, standard out. Um, this writes whatever you put into standard in to standard out, and then I return zero and the program ends. Uh, in plan 9c, it's very similar but subtly different. Um, so in plan 9c, hash include u.h, hash include libc.h, void main, uh, char buff size 32, char buff size is equal to size of char times 32. I'm not sure why my buff size is a character here. Uh, int n red equals zero, while n red equals read zero, buff, buff s is greater than zero, write one, buff, and red, exit zero. Uh, I have this source code in the show notes, and it would be beneficial for you to look at it. It's kind of difficult to uh, dictate source code and be able to understand it in any way uh, if it's not a shell script, at least for me anyway. Um, so if you compare the uh, fread and fwrite uh, functions from uh, POSIX C to Plan 9C, uh, you'll see that the file descriptors uh, are different. Uh, so in Plan 9, standard in is file descriptor 0, standard out is file descriptor 1, standard error is 2. Um, Really, it's identical. Uh, when the process starts, these files are automatically opened. Uh, and I did an interesting thing comparing the binary sizes between these two um, uh, 
programs that are functionally identical, um, except that they are written on different systems for different systems and compiled uh, with different compilers. Uh, so the uh, Plan 9 binary is, is 4 kilobytes, and the GCC binary on Linux is 28 kilobytes. Uh, I also compiled the POSIX UM with Clang just as an experiment. It was also uh, 28 kilobytes. Why this is interesting is that binaries on Plan 9 are, are statically linked. Um, and at least for me, it's strange to see a statically linked binary that is smaller than something dynamically linked. Um, and then using Plan 9 port, I compiled the uh, Plan 9 C code. Uh, and that binary was very large. It was 40 kilobytes. Um, I haven't written Plan 9C in a long time. I can't say uh, a whole lot more, so refer to uh, the C programming in Bell Labs, uh, in Plan 9 from Bell Labs paper. Um, there's also a debugger called ACID. Uh, it's hard to use if you're not fluent in assembly. Um, the next programming language is Ancient Go. Uh, I think Go, or at least a modern Go, might run, but I, I don't. I've never ran Go. My only experience with Go is the Hugo static site generator, and that it isn't very reliable. Or at least when I used it a couple of years ago, it was very unreliable. Um, you can also write uh, shell scripts using the uh, RC shell. Um, uh, the last thing about using Plan 9 is, is Wi-Fi. Uh, so some Wi-Fi cards are supported on 9Front. Uh, my ThinkPad X220 uses the um, IWL drivers. Uh, the 9Front FQ8 is vague when it comes to using the drivers. Uh, good luck. Um, uh, so the big question... <clears throat> the big question is, uh, why isn't Plan 9 more popular if it supposedly improves on these bad... Uh, Unix ideas. Um, so sort of Unix is just good enough. Uh, it's just good enough, we don't need to improve it. That's sort of the legacy argument. Um, Plan 9 is not better enough to beat out just good enough. Uh, another reason porting software is difficult or straight up impossible because Plan 9 was deliberately written to not be backwards compatible. Um, uh, sort of, if you port it, they will come. Uh, Plan 9 is kind of uncomfortable to use if you have Unix muscle memory. Uh, there's no modern web browser. Um, there are no video games, except there is a Doom and Quake source port. Um, uh, multimedia consumption is hard, and there's no GNU, therefore no Emacs. Uh, and I think really the final question before I conclude is, why do people use... Uh, plan 9 if it's so bad. Um, I'm not sure about the other 20 people in the world who use Plan 9, uh, but for myself it's because I have a genuine curiosity and, and love for computing, and I sort of have this motivation to learn uh, obscure and unnecessary and boring things uh, related to computers. It brings me a sense of satisfaction and enjoyment and accomplishment. Uh, sort of at one point Linux stopped being fun for me because I realized that all distributions are, are basically the same. Uh, I started exploring BSD after that, and then I sort of realized that all Unixes are the same, all Unix-like operating systems are basically the same. 
Uh, I still have a lot of fun with BSD, um, uh, but I am quite burned out on Linux, and I have been for some time now. Uh, and I think when I sit down to use a computer, my goal is always to discover something new, uh, learn something new, explore alternative paradigms, and, and have fun. Um, but for a lot of people, that's not their end goal on a computer. Uh, I think for a lot of people, Plan 9 ends up being a tourism exp uh, experience. Um, but for me, it seems like the final frontier of, of Unixy operating systems. I don't know nearly as much about Plan 9 as I know about Unix, um, uh, but every time I swap out my FreeBSD hard drive, I, I have uh, a bunch of hard drives, but not enough laptops to run all of them, so I'll switch hard drives back and forth. Uh, every time I switch to my Plan 9 hard drive, I, it feels like um, it feels like I'm home in a strange way, even though. Uh, Plan 9 can sometimes be uncomfortable for me. It feels uh, uncanny and sort of, uh, I think uncomfortable is the right word. Um, I, I think sometimes, honestly, I'm willfully resistant <laughs> to becoming uh, an expert on Plan 9. Um, because what am I going to use next? Right? What other operating systems are there to explore that are... Uh, not only viable uh, for daily use, but also um, actually usable. And when I think about, you know, using a computer, what do I do on a computer? Um, learn about it, write about it, uh, tell people about it, and sometimes write programs. And I think a lot of people, they really use a computer as, as a media consumption device and... Uh, sort of plan nine is anti-media consumption you know uh it's possible to play video and audio it's just difficult to do um and you know not having a modern web browser unless you can figure out how to get a virtual machine running and put firefox in it um it's sort of liberating in a strange way uh, and i think really the way that i do use a computer which is um a terminal and web browser uh, typically web browser without, um, uh, JavaScript, uh, or, or what I'll do is I'll block third-party scripts, scripts not from the domain that I'm contacting. Um, uh, I, I think Plan 9 is viable, uh, for someone like me, uh, maybe not other people, um, but for someone like me, it's entirely viable. Um, so my conclusion, uh, so when someone says, how do I do XYZ on plan nine? Uh, my answer is don't, uh, search engines aren't going to help you. Uh, man pages probably won't help you. Uh, sys slash doc might help. Uh, reading the source code probably won't help. Um, but most of all have fun. I, I think, uh, uh, one of the things I love most about Plan 9 is that it's still a research operating system, so there's a lot of components that have only been uh, completed as sort of a proof-of-concept stage, and, uh, you know, lack of feature completeness, lack of um, uh, stability, that, that keeps things exciting, where uh, a big Unix system is pretty much stable. Um, stable in the sense that uh, you can't just remove things or add things um, 
or improve things uh, for your own use because a lot of things seem to just work. Um, and I think some final tips, uh, you know, how do I do XYZ on Plan 9? Uh, just SSH to a Unix machine. Um, put that inside of VT and you have to run the terminal reset command a bunch of times. Um, uh, also VNC. Uh, so my link section, some further reading, uh, the nine front FQA. FQA is kind of like FAQ, except it stands for frequently questioned answers. Um, it's very humorous. There's good information. Uh, it's not always complete. Um, and it refers you to the man pages and source code a lot. Uh, you can also read the papers in slash sys slash doc. Uh, so how you do that on your plan nine system is you cd to slash sys slash doc, uh, run the make command mk, and then cat the paper you want to read and pipe it through the pager program. Uh, the pager program being page you can also read these online on cat-v.org. I have links for this. All the, This is a link section, so there's links for everything. Uh, an interesting talk, uh, Plan 9, not dead, just resting. Uh, that's a talk um, similar to this one, maybe more on the how do I use this every day, not so much on the uh, talking about operating systems design. Um, I have a link for a visual demonstration of Rio and a visual demonstration of Acme. Uh, Watch those ones if you're curious about how these things work and look. Um, uh, C programming and Plan 9 from Bell Labs, that's a paper. Uh, I found some guy who wrote a Plan 9 desktop guide. Uh, I, I paged through it pretty quickly. Um, there's not a lot of usefulness in there. Uh, I honestly think man pages are better. Um, at least for a lot of the stuff I'm trying to do, which is not recreate a Linux workflow on a different kernel. Um, it might be useful for some people, though. Uh, there's a YouTube channel, I'm not sure how to say the name, C04TL3. Um, he has lots of cool videos, lots of good information. Um, and an introduction to operating systems abstractions using Plan 9 from Bell Labs. Uh, it's a PDF I found on archive.org, and some of the um, uh, C code there helped me write a couple of small toy programs. Um, so that's the Plan 9 episode. Uh, because Plan 9 is sort of a spiritual continuation of, of Unix, I had to uh, do a Unix episode beforehand because Plan 9 implies everything that's Unix and then some. Um, and I'm not sure what other episodes I could record. Uh, from here, I've sort of uh, exhausted the unique ideas that I think about, or I guess... Uh, the large, big, in-depth ideas that I think about um, quite frequently. Um, so my request for shows, if anyone knows how to write awk scripts with the awk programming language, uh, that is something I want. Also, ed, if anyone knows how to use the ed editor, uh, I would like a show on that. Um, if you have any show requests uh, from me, uh, leave a comment or send an email. Um, if you have any questions about Plan 9, uh, I guarantee you that I will not have a 100% answer. Um, uh, but feel free to send an email. I, I quite like uh, receiving and sending emails. Um, uh, or even if you just want to, 
uh, say hi. And uh, again, future shows from me. Uh, if anything in here made you think, I want to hear more, uh, say something. I have a few ideas bouncing around, but um, they've sort of fallen out of scope as I have been using Plan 9 almost exclusively for the last uh, couple weeks. Um, so I'll have to revisit some of those things and, uh, start thinking about them again. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, you click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.